Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, by Hamadpant, a modern rendering by Monica Pinakanda. Guru Sai Jai Sai Chapter 9 At the end of the last chapter, it was mentioned that devotees who obeyed Baba's orders at the time of taking his leave fared well, while those who disobeyed them suffered many a mishap. This statement will be amplified and illustrated with a few striking examples in this chapter. No permission to leave Shirdi without Baba's blessing. One special peculiarity of a pilgrimage to Shirdi was that no one could leave Shirdi without Baba's permission. If he did, he invited untold sufferings. But if anyone was asked to leave Shirdi, he could stay there no longer. Baba gave certain suggestions or hints when devotees went to bid goodbye and take leave. These suggestions had to be followed. If they were not followed, accidents were sure to befall those who acted contrary to Baba's directions. A few instances are given below. Tatya ignores Baba's advice. Once Tatya was going by horse carriage to Kopagan Bazaar. He came in haste to the masjid, saluted Baba, and said he was going to the Kopagan Bazaar. Baba said, don't hurry, stop a little, go to the bazaar, but don't go out of the village. On seeing his anxiety to go, Baba asked him to take Shama with him. Not listening to this direction, Tatya immediately drove his tanga. One of the two horses was very active and restless. After passing the well, the horse began to run wildly and sprained its wrist and fell down. Tatya was not very hurt, but was reminded of Mother Sai's direction. On another occasion, while proceeding to Kolhar village, he disregarded Baba's direction and drove in a tanga which met with a similar accident. Consequences of Disobeying Baba's Orders One European gentleman came to Shirdi with a letter of introduction from Nana Saheb and an object in mind. He was comfortably accommodated in a tent. He wanted to kneel before Baba and kiss his hand. He tried three times to step into the masjid, 
but Baba prevented him from doing so. He was asked to sit in the open courtyard below and take Baba's darshan from there. Not pleased with the reception he got, he wanted to leave Shirdi at once and came to say goodbye. Baba asked him not to hurry, but to go the next day. People also requested that he follow Baba's direction. Not listening to all this, he left Shirdi in Atanga. The horses ran fine at first, but when they passed the well, a bicycle came in front of them, which frightened them, so they started running fast. The tonga was turned upside down, and the gentleman fell and was dragged for some distance. He was immediately rescued, but had to go and stay in the Kupagan Hospital for treatment of his injuries. Because of such experiences, everyone learned the lesson that those who disregarded Baba's instructions met with accidents in one way or another, and those who obeyed them were safe and happy. Why Baba begged? Now to return to the question of mendicancy. A question may arise in the minds of some that if Baba was such a great person, God in fact, why should he have to use a begging bowl his whole life? This question may be considered from two standpoints. First, we must ask who are the people who have the right to live by the begging bowl? Our Shastras say that those who have become free from the three main desires of children, wealth, and fame are fit to live by begging bowl. They cannot make cooking arrangements and eat at home. The duty of feeding them rests on the shoulders of householders. Baba was neither a householder nor hermit. He was a sannyasi, a renunciate from boyhood. His firm conviction was that the universe was his home. He was the Lord Vasudev, the supporter of the universe and the imperishable Brahman. So he had the full right to use a begging bowl. The second consideration is from the standpoint of Panchasun, the five sins and their atonement. In order to prepare food, the householders have to go through five actions, pounding, grinding, washing pots, sweeping, cleaning, and lighting hearths. These processes cause the destruction of small insects and creatures, which causes householders to incur karma. In order to atone for this, our Shastras prescribe six kinds of sacrifices. Brahma Yagna, offering to Brahman, Veda Dhyana, the study of the Vedas, Pitra Yagna, offering to ancestors, Deva Yagna, offering to the gods, Bhuta Yagna, offering to beings, and Manusha Atita Yagna, offerings to men or uninvited guests. If these sacrifices are done, the mind is purified, which helps people to get knowledge and self-realization. By going from house to house, Baba reminded the residents of their sacred duty. 
Fortunate were the people who got the lesson from Baba at their home. Devotees experience giving offerings to Baba. Now to return to another interesting subject. Lord Krishna has said in the Bhagavad Gita, Whosoever devoutly offers a leaf, a flower, a fruit, or water to me, of that pure-hearted man, I accept that heartfelt offering. In Baba's case, if a devotee really longed to offer something to him but forgot, Baba reminded him about the offering and made him present it. Baba then accepted it and blessed the devotee. A few instances are given below. The Tarkad Family Experience Baba Saheb Tarkad was a staunch devotee of Sai Baba. His wife and son loved Baba equally, even more so, perhaps. He suggested that his wife and son go and spend the son's vacation in Shirdi. But the son was unwilling to go and leave his home in Bandra, as he thought that the worship of Sai Baba's portrait in his home would not be properly attended to. Although it was not his father's predilection to worship Baba's picture, he promised to do so exactly as the son was doing. So mother and son left for surety one Friday night. The next day, Mr. Tarkad got up early, took his bath, and before proceeding with the puja, prostrated himself before the shrine and said, Baba, I am going to perform the puja exactly as my son has been doing, but please don't let it be a mere drill. After he performed the puja, he offered a few pieces of sugar, which were then distributed at lunchtime. That evening and again on Sunday, everything went well. The following Monday also went well. Mr. Tarkad, who had never performed puja like this in all his life, felt great confidence in himself that everything was going quite satisfactorily according to the promise he gave to his son. On Tuesday, he performed the morning puja as usual and left for work. When he came home at lunchtime, he found that sugar prasad was not distributed with the meal. He asked the cook who told him that no offering was made that morning and that he had completely forgotten to perform that part of the puja. After hearing this, Mr. Tarkat left his seat and prostrated himself before the shrine. He expressed his regret and at the same time chided Baba about the lack of guidance to do exactly what his son had done. Then he wrote a letter to his son stating the facts and requested him to lay it before Baba's feet and ask his pardon for his neglect. This happened in Bandra at Tuesday noon. At about the same time, when the noon arti was just about to commence in Shirdi, Baba said to Mrs. Tarkad, Mother, I have been to your home in Bandra looking for something to eat. I found the door locked. 
Somehow I entered inside and found, to my regret, that Mr. Tarkad had left nothing for me to eat. So I have returned from there without eating anything. She did not understand, but the son understood that there was something wrong with the puja in his home and asked Baba's permission to go home. Baba refused, but allowed him to perform the puja there. The son then wrote a letter to his father stating all that had taken place at Shirdi and implored his father not to neglect the puja at home. Both these letters crossed each other and were delivered to their respective parties the next day. Is that not astonishing? Baba is all-knowing. Let us now take up the case of Mrs. Tarkat. She offered three things. Barat, which is roasted brinjal, eggplant, mixed curds and spice. Kacharya, which is pieces of brindle fried in ghee, and peda, a sweet meal ball. Let us see how Baba accepted them. Once, Mrs. Pundore, a great devotee of Baba's, started for Shirdi with his family. Mrs. Tarkad went to Mrs. Pundore and gave her two eggplants and requested that when she went to Shirdi to prepare one eggplant with Bharat and another with Kacharya and serve them to Baba. After reaching Shirdi, Mrs. Pundare went to the masjid with her dish of Bharat just as Baba was about to start his meals. Baba found the Bharat very tasty, so he distributed it to everyone and said that now he wanted kacharyas. A word was sent to Radhakrishna Mai that Baba wanted kacharyas. She was in a fix, as it was not the season for brinjals. How to get brinjals? An inquiry was made about who brought the Bharat, and it was found that Mrs. Pundare was entrusted with serving kacharyas, then everybody understood the significance of Baba's inquiry about the Kacharyas and was wonderstruck at his all-pervasive knowledge. In December 1915, Govind Balaram Mankar wanted to go to Shirdi to perform the funeral rituals for his father. Before he left, he came to see Mr. Tarkad, whose wife wanted to send something with him to Baba. She searched the whole house but found nothing except a sweetmeat that had already been offered as naivedia. The boy, Govind, was in mourning. Even so, out of great devotion to Baba, she sent the sweetmeat to him, hoping that Baba would accept and eat it. Govind went to Shirdi and saw Baba, but forgot to take the sweetmeat with him. Baba simply waited. When Govind again went to Baba in the afternoon, he went without the sweetmeat. Baba could wait no longer and asked him directly, What did you bring for me? Nothing was the reply. Baba asked him again. 
the same reply came forth. Then Baba asked him, At the time of your starting, didn't Mrs. Tarkod give some sweetmeat to you to give to me? The boy then remembered. He felt embarrassed, asked Baba's pardon, then ran to his lodging and brought the sweetmeat to give to Baba. As soon as Baba got it in his hand, he put it into his mouth and gulped it down. And so the devotion of Mrs. Tarkod was recognized and accepted. In this case, it was proven that as men believe in me, so do I accept them. Baba is fed through all mouths. Once, Mrs. Tarkad was staying in Shirdi. At noon, meals were ready and dishes were being served when a hungry dog turned up and began to cry. Mrs. Tarkad immediately got up and threw it a piece of bread, which the dog gulped with great relish. In the afternoon, when she went to the masjid, Baba said to her, Mother, you have fed me sumptuously. My pranas, life forces, have been satisfied. Always act like this, and you will remain in good standing. Sitting in this masjid, I shall never, ever speak untruth. Take pity on me like this. First give bread to the hungry, and then eat yourself. Note this well. At first, she could not understand the meaning of what Baba said. So she replied, Baba, how could I feed you? I am dependent on others and receive my food from them. Then Baba replied, Eating that lovely bread, I am completely content and am still belching. The dog that you saw before your meal and to which you gave the piece of bread is one with me. All creatures are one with me. I am roaming in their forms. He who sees me and all these creatures is my beloved. So abandon the sense of duality and distinction and serve me as you did today. Drinking these nectar-like words, she was moved. Her eyes were filled with tears. Her throat was choked and her joy knew no bounds. See God in all beings. See God in all beings is the moral of this chapter. The Upanishads, the Gita, and the Bhagavad all urge us to perceive God or divinity in all creatures. By the example given at the end of this chapter and others too numerous to mention, Baba practically demonstrated to us how to put the Upanishad teachings into practice. In this way, Baba stands as the best exponent or teacher of the Upanishad doctrines. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all.